Um, speaking of hard truths, it was a kind of a tough year for retailers in 2022. I mean, grocery stores went, did well. I don't know if you've been following that controversy about the $37 chicken breasts. But, um, you know, a lot of other retailers were sort of expecting 2022 to be a real comeback year. And it was to some extent. I mean, certainly things picked up. But for a lot of retailers, it was a struggle. I mean, Omicron first, then inflation. There's still labor shortages. There's still supply chain issues. It's all out there. And it's been a been a tough one. We were already hearing, just as the new year rang in, we were already, already hearing that Bed Bath & Beyond was in trouble. Uh, they may not survive. They're looking at uh, bankruptcy as a potential, potential option here. Um, and 2023 is going to be the same. Listen, there could be a recession, so people are getting a little nervous. Uh, in, in, inflation means we have less disposable income. A lot of us are choosing to, you know, put money into doing things because that's what we went without for a while instead of buying things, which we did quite a bit of uh, during the pandemic, the height of the pandemic, at least. We don't know what's going to happen with this new variant. All kinds of uncertainty out there still. So what does lie ahead for the retail sector in 2023? Well, Bruce uh, Winder is a retail analyst and author of Retail Before, During and After COVID-19. And he joins me now from Toronto. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me on the program, Ben. I appreciate it. 2022 uh, seemed to have a lot of ups and downs, a few curveballs as well in the retail industry. Uh, how did we emerge from uh, from a year that had everything from Omicron to sort of a interest in bricks and mortar shopping? Yeah, it was overall, it was a pretty tough year for 2022 for retail. I think most folks, including myself, thought that this would be sort of a breakout year where things would be normal-ish based on where the pandemic was. And, uh, you know, this dirty little thing called inflation started getting more serious as we went through. And that put a real wrench into into plans the consumer had. You know, it was just a combination of errors. When you look at retail, you had staffing shortages, the inflation, uh, interest rates went up, which sort of stymied people from starting to purchase larger ticket items. And uh, just a number of of headwinds, you know, the uncertainty as it relates to geopolitical issues with Ukraine and and Russia, tech sector, you know, laid off a number of folks. So it ended up being a bit of a tough year. We haven't got December numbers yet, but, you know, stats can projected uh, a slight decrease for November retail sales. But we'll see when the dust settles where the year ends up. Funny to think that all those geopolitical things can land in your local mall as well. Um, When you look at where it had the impact, because I understand some sectors did pretty well in 2022, but others felt the pain. Yeah, some of the sectors that did pretty well were grocery. You know, there's been a lot of discussion uh, in the media and in society about the grocers having record years. They did really well, the basic essentials. And within there, you started to see some... Uh, sort of discount value retailers do pretty good too. You know, you look at the Dollaramas of the world, they did pretty well. Walmart probably gained a bit of momentum. Costco, I think, had a pretty decent December. But there's some other retailers that suffered, you know, and and part of it is just the ebbs and flows of the pandemic. During the pandemic, uh, categories like consumer electronics, uh, home decor, those categories really went far. And uh, sort of the opposite happened in 2022. People spent more on experiences and things of that and started to tighten their belts. So discretionary items are usually some of the first items to go. And with it, you know, some of the retailers that carry those items feel some pressure. I guess with a lot of us wanting to get back out and to do things again and with inflation, there's only so much, you mentioned, there's only so much money to spend. And if you start to spend on experiences, you're going to cut back on on so-called, you know, white goods, hard goods and so on. 
Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, you look at, you know, you look at 22, by the end of 22, although gas prices went down a bit, you're still spending a lot of your discretionary income on food and gas. And also, if you look at uh, rents across most of the urban centers, they're, they're up significantly year over year. And if you had a mortgage, you know, your interest payments started to go up. So that put further pressure on the ability to buy discretionary items. Any surprises out there? I, I think luck, did luxury goods do quite well? I mean, it looked like some things uh, did better than expected or perhaps did as well as expected when other things didn't. Yeah, luck, the luxury goods market has been pretty good overall. I mean, if you're a luxury goods supplier globally, you're having a bit of a hard time with China. China represents a fairly large portion of luxury goods sales and Chinese tourists. Um, and that kind of stopped for, for, for COVID reasons. But overall, if you look at sales in North America, for luxury, they're actually pretty strong. You know, if you're quite well off, well healed, uh, inflation's bad for you too, but it certainly doesn't have nearly the impact on your ability to spend on goods and services as someone who's perhaps a low-income Canadian. As we entered the year uh, 2023, there was some rumblings about certain uh, fairly familiar names that could be in trouble. Bed Bath & Beyond comes to mind right away. Uh, what sort of, when you look at 2023, uh, who's who do you think is going to be in trouble this year? I think you're going to probably see some smaller names get into trouble. And it's really just because their balance sheets and their capitalization just isn't as strong as the big folks. I mean, our retail market is fairly concentrated. We lost a lot of sort of uh, subpar retailers over the last few years. So what's left now is the heavyweights that are well capitalized, the Canadian tires, the Home Depots of the world. And then you kind of drops off to a lot of the mom and pop and independent or small chains. And those are unfortunately probably going to be the companies who are going to suffer the most. Um, they picked up a lot of debt during the pandemic. And in some uh, provinces, they were sort of, um, they missed the boat a bit in terms of being able to stay open. And uh, they just don't have the asset base or the ability to finance like the big retailers do. You know, we kind of ran out of uh, government subsidies for them as well this year for the first time. So I think you're sadly going to see quite a few of the smaller independents go bankrupt in uh, Q1 of 2023. Which is always a shame, of course, because they do, when you look at just retail space generally and, and the makeup of communities and your neighborhoods and your shopping districts, downtowns, for instance, uh, it's the small business of the office that take up a lot of the space. And when they start to dis disappear, it becomes pretty glaring uh, and it kind of becomes a downward spiral. Yeah, it, it's really not a good look. It's bad on so many fronts. I mean, you know, 97% of something like that of businesses in Canada are small businesses. And a lot of people, that's their living, right? They're just an independent business owner. It, it hurts society on so many fronts, um, everything from just the aesthetic of going downtown and and just the, the the welfare of the folks who have taken a chance. And we, and we lose a lot. We lose a lot of innovation when when this type of dynamic occurs. I imagine um, governments will be, provincial governments, municipal governments will be feeling some of that pressure to try to make sure that that doesn't happen in their backyard. Yeah, I think it's it, it's going to be a, a big issue. You know, there's only so much they can do, though. They gave out subsidies during the pandemic. Maybe they can forgive some debt. I'm not sure. Is that a good idea? I'm not sure. Are you throwing good dollars after bad? But uh, yeah, certainly it, it's going to have a meaningful dent in the retail sector, and it's going to put a lot of pressure on governments who are already feeling the pressure as it relates to what, what's happened with inflation. Inflation has been very sticky. It hasn't really come down as much as people hoped, although we've raised interest rates 400 basis points. So yeah, governments are going to feel a lot of pressure in 23 to do something. 
Bruce Winders with us this half hour, retail analyst and author of Retail Before, During and After COVID-19. Other trends looking to 2023, Bruce, when you look ahead, I mean, a a lot of things that we saw last year, the mall seems to be doing okay. I mean, the mall near me is pretty, pretty quiet, but it seems that malls have had a bit of a bounce back when everyone was sort of writing them off uh, about 18 months ago. Yeah, I think uh, a trend that we saw in, in late 22 and it's it's going to carry over into 23 is really a bit of a renaissance of in-store shopping. So during the pandemic, you know, the the percentage of online shopping as a percent of total retail sales went through the roof. It doubled for a while. But, for, you know, in 22 and into 23, you're going to see it sort of level off a bit as people want to get back into stores. Uh, they got a little tired of shopping online and they want to get back out there and socialize. You know, obviously, it depends a lot on what happens with the so-called Kraken virus that's making its way around the country. But hopefully that is kept at bay. Labor shortages must still be an issue. I see um, hiring signs in just about every retail business in and around me. Yeah, labor labor is a big issue still in retail. Um, and you know, a lot of during the summer, you know, there was a lot of discussion about how we were missing about a million. We had about a million jobs more than people wanting to work, and most of those jobs were in sectors like hospitality, restaurant, and retail. So it is a big issue, and it's going to continue on to twenty three. That's why Canada is looking to. Uh, open up the door to immigration a lot more just to try to fill some of those jobs as the Canadian workforce gets older and more people retire. When I look at some of the just, you know, this is anecdotal, but from wandering around certain Canadian big cities, you know, is this the year the Bay runs into trouble? I mean, I walk through the Bay these days and, you know, it's sort of, it is now Canada's last (coughs) remaining iconic department store. Um, But I just can't imagine that they're going to be able to stay the way they are, given how few people there are in those stores, at least when I'm there. Yeah, I think the Bay is on a journey, and it's probably a journey toward them closing a number of stores and focusing their business. I mean, the department store model uh, overall has sort of uh, went away as it relates to, to, to the sort of middle price point, middle class Canada. And the only department stores that are able to make a go of it, in my opinion, are the luxury ones like the Saks and maybe the Nordstrom, maybe Simons in some areas too. But the Bay, I think, is sort of missing uh, a bit of an identity right now. They they leaned into some very heavy discounts over the holiday. They were very aggressive in discounting and clearing out merchandise. And I think the Bay is just on that journey. Great name, great you know company, but it's just on a journey of probably trying to find the right size in terms of where it should belong. You know, I've always said that the Bay really probably only needs one or two stores per per major center in, in Canada, and that's it. So they're probably overstored right now. I think they're just on that journey trying to find the right size so that they can remain profitable. They're private, so we don't have a view to how profitable or unprofitable they are. Right. But certainly, I think there's uh, where there's some smoke, there's some fire. And uh, we talked about this last we spoke. This goes back a bit. But uh, Zellers, it uh, looks like Zellers is going to make its brand comeback officially in 2023. Uh, speaking of the Bay. Yeah, there was a, a teaser this week, I guess, that went out that got some people excited about that. And, you know, this is kind of a funny one because, um, you know, there was a lot of discussion for myself included in, in the summer about whether this is really just to kind of block the Quebec company from using the trademark right, Zellers. Right. Um, and some of that might be true, but it looks like what they're going to do is, you know, open up a website, maybe a couple of stores within stores, within base stores. And uh, I think it'll be fun. though. It'll be talked a lot about by Canadians, but I just don't see a lot of business going through the till there 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, it, it, the 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 nostalgia for Zellers is interesting because I remember at the time when Zellers was sort of hitting the end of its days, again, it was a pretty lonely place to wander through if you were into Zellers and some of those smaller on markets, for instance. Any bold predictions for 2023? Anything we don't we we don't see coming you think we're going to see coming? Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's fairly predictable, you know, I mean, I think there's going to be sort of a, a flight to value. I think, you know, the big, the big guns are going to continue doing well. I think that we might be, we might hit a bit of a tipping point as it relates to grocery. You can almost feel the heat there in yeah. terms of the public pressure on grocery. There was an, you know, they call it chicken gate, but there was the, an the issue chicken, with chicken, yeah. the chicken you know, breasts, the, yeah. the 40 yeah. or $50 chicken breast. There's just too many of these things happening. There's going to be some type of event, I think in grocery, whether it's a code of conduct or some type of government legislation, but that industry, you know, is, is ripe for the pickings in terms of governments jumping in and trying to do something based on public pressure. You know, I lived in the UK for quite a while and they had, you know, the Europeans brought in a lot of these discount uh, grocers like Aldi and so on. I mean, I know we have some of them here, but is that a growth, a growth section perhaps in this country? I think it could be. Um, I think that both stores, both brands, you know, Lytle and Aldi, who are really the top of their game, um, they've done a really good job in the U.S. and they're growing really fast in the U.S. They just haven't used Canada. They haven't picked Canada as as a priority market yet. But I do think I do think if they ever decide to pick Canada and jump into Canada, I think you can see them gaining some significant share based on their value and their business model. They certainly have uh, elsewhere where they've set up. Bruce uh, Winder, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Take care.